Hello, listeners, and welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. My name is Dana Hart, and we welcome you to our next episode, where we will be discussing recent German transfer pricing developments. So let me introduce the speakers that are joining me today. First, I have Oliver Bush. Oliver is a transfer pricing partner with PwC Germany, and Katie Feeler, who is also a transfer pricing partner with PwC Germany. So we've invited Oliver and Katie here today, as I've said, to provide insights on transfer pricing developments in Germany. They will focus on new German administrative principles, tax audits, new legislation, as well as EU law with regard to public country-by-country reporting. So with that, let me hand it over to Oliver, who will get the discussion started. Oliver, it's all yours. Thank you, Dana, and also a warm welcome from my side. So the timing for the podcast could not have been better. Uh, Two weeks ago, the Ministry of Finance has issued brand new administrative principles on transfer pricing, which will bind all tax auditors in Germany and which will apply to all open cases. Um, So let's focus on what's new and different compared to the existing uh, German administrative principles. So, and the first thing that is new and has never been before here in Germany is that the whole OECD transfer pricing guidelines are now official part of the administrative guidance. And that is absolute good news for taxpayers because it demonstrates a clear commitment by Germany to an international alignment. And as we all know, the OECD guidelines are consensual paper There's a lot of compromise in it. And in particular, for example, Germany in the past was more on the side of price setting. Now there is a good argument also for outcome testing because this is also part of the OECD guidelines. So and the most significant new rules overall, they are in respect to financing transactions. Not surprisingly, A cash pool leader is now seen as a routine entity that is fully in line with the OECD. What is interesting, we have a kind of safe harbor that a cost plus 5 to 10% remuneration, that is fine for the German uh, tax authorities. More interestingly are the new rules on loans. And we have new elements that have to be examined by tax auditors in the future. And the first point they have to analyze is whether the financing instrument is really of that nature or whether it's rather uh, uh, an equity. Uh, And important for this is whether there is an obligation to repay and whether an interest rate is agreed. Secondly, the tax auditor will analyze in future whether there's a local need for the funds and and should demonstrate there is an outlook for positive return. And you should not put just the money on on a cash pool. And thirdly, the tax auditors will analyze whether the entity which lended the money to the German entity has exercised the control over risk. And if not, in future, the German tax authorities would like to re-attribute the risk spread inherent in the interest rate to that 
group entity that actually had exercised a control over risk, which is in financing transactions, maybe making the uh, risk rating, also having information, competency, and power to decide on the financing needs and the funds. And the good news is that Germany does no longer follow uh, the view that the interest rate should not exceed the refinancing rate of the group uh, as a whole. So that was put uh, into legislative uh, initiatives last year, which failed in Parliament. Uh, and uh, so now Germany follows the OECD guidelines, which says you have to do a standalone rating and adjust it for the implicit support by the group. I think definitely uh, it is worth making a thorough risk assessment, whether your current financing transactions are in line with the new rules. And secondly, it shows that a proper TP documentation, in particular with a strong focus on the functional and risk profile and which entity exercised the control over risk becomes key in the future. And we are happy to support you in preparing such documentation. So, Katie, maybe from your side, what is the most important element in the new guidance uh, in your eyes? Yeah, Oliver, you talked all about financing. For me, the most important and also surprising element uh, in the new administrative guidance is the strong focus of the German tax authorities on the concept of the hypothetical arm's length test. So I think uh, you all will be asking the question, what is a hypothetical uh, arm's length test? And the German tax authorities understand this concept as a two-sided valuation, considering the maximum price of the buyer and the minimum price of the seller, and then taking the midpoint between those two positions. And what they state in the administrative guidelines is that explicitly in cases where there are no comparable data, the hypothetical arm's length test must be applied. And now for me comes the most important issue. German tax authorities consider especially transactions involving intangibles, meaning all sorts of license structures, all sorts of IP sales, they understand those cases to be cases where the hypothetical arm's length test must be applied in general. So what does this mean? Uh, so will we have benchmarking studies in future for uh, transactions involving intangibles? Um, we understand it that the German tax authorities will in the first step apply the hypothetical arm's length test. And only if we really have very strong benchmarks, they will accept benchmarking studies. So we will see a very aggressive approach against benchmarking, meaning external benchmarking, not internal benchmarking, on the side of the German tax authorities. In relation to that, it's also worth mentioning that the German tax authorities implemented the DEMPI concept into the German law. Um, and also uh, refer to the DEMPI concept in the new administrative guidelines. Uh, what we see here is um, you can already feel the consequence of that because in ongoing tax audits, German tax authorities already ask for 
much more documentation when it comes to IP transactions than they did before. So uh, in practice, they already implemented the DEMPI concept uh, in, in the tax audits ongoing. I think for me, Oliver, those were the most important slash surprising elements of the administrative guidelines. And maybe we can have a look at uh, smaller items also. Oh, yes, of course. I think uh, there are a couple of uh, other things. And uh, let me briefly touch on loss-making companies, year-end adjustments, and uh, new regulations on low-value-adding services. So on loss-making companies, uh, we have in Germany a settled case law that a distribution company should not incur losses for more than three consecutive years. Otherwise, a rebuttable presumption arises that transfer prices uh, were wrong. So the tax authorities have now, in the new administrative principles transfer pricing, generalized this case law, which is directed on distribution companies, to all kinds of uh, entities, which are of routine nature, and will require now the taxpayer to demonstrate that after five years, an appropriate total profit is earned. And the interesting point is they look not at the level of the EBIT, as we usually do in transfer pricing, but at the level of EBIT. And if the company has no appropriate total profit after five years, uh, the tax authorities would like to do um, and transfer pricing adjustment, and they will deem a fictitious service uh, and deem the mere existence and staying in the market of the company um, as a service to the rest of the group. And we think this is heavily to be criticized because there's first no empirical evidence for this five-year period. And, and secondly, if you, for example, restructure your company after two or three years, and then you need another three to four years to uh, to come to break even. You exceed this five-year period, and then you face a, a significant risk of a transfer pricing adjustment. So uh, that is to be borne in mind uh, if you have uh, a startup company. Secondly, on, on year-end adjustment, there's good news because German tax authorities were quite hesitant in the past about allowing uh, year-end adjustments. Now they accept it. However, they say German entities should not always end on the lower end uh, of the interquartile range. If this happens, then year by year by year, then the German tax authorities likely will argue the price setting mechanism was not in line with arm's length behavior because they think that market participants can calculate and plan their margins in a better way than always ending below the interquartile range. And then lastly, on low value adding services, this is also good news because Germany now follows the simplified approach. So if you have uh, some low value adding services and uh, the tax authorities name IT, accounting services and tax also, uh, you can apply cost plus 
Uh, however, all activities in the area of R&D, production and distribution and marketing are explicitly excluded from this new simplified approach. So to sum up, the new administrative principles, they contain no big surprises, but just summarize more or less uh, tax audit experience we see on a daily basis. However, the only thing uh, which is surprisingly that all the, let's say, the aggressive uh, arguments the German tax authorities have brought forward in the past, they are now presented in a very condensed way and they will bind, as I said in the beginning, all tax auditors as of uh, today in new tax audits. Exactly what you say, Oliver, a lot of what we see in the administrative principles has been applied already in tax audits. And that's why um, I would like to give you an overview of tax audits we have ongoing in Germany, which give a very nice reflection on uh, the environment in Germany we have in tax audits. Um, I have two issues I would like to address in, in, in the next uh, minutes. So we have an ongoing tax audit where it's all about cooperation obligation of the German taxpayer. And the other issue we have, an ongoing tax audit where uh, the GTA, the German tax authorities, uh, chooses the appropriate uh, transfer pricing methods themselves. So the taxpayer did provide documentation with a specific transfer pricing method, but the German tax authorities uh, chose a different method. So let me give you a little background on those two topics, cooperation obligation. Um, in the tax audit, the German tax authorities asked for all business relevant emails and messenger service messages. They asked for it to prove the functional and risk profile of the German taxpayer. And uh, with that data, the German tax authorities wanted to feed a tool they use, which create hierarchy levels and relationships simply from being addressed in an email, being on copy in an email, or even being on blind copy in an email. The purpose of the analysis they wanted to do is to find evidence for reporting structures, for decision-making processes, and of course, also for some factual information. And this case is not a one-off, but especially in case of digital business models or complex matrix structures, German tax authorities request this type of information. And you can imagine that it, this has been uh, a big surprise to the German taxpayer. And of course, the German taxpayer was not prepared to provide all business correspondence, meaning all emails and messenger um, service messages to the German tax authorities. And what's currently happening is that this uh, request of the German tax authorities has been appealed against and we appealed against it in several cases. And uh, we have no decision on, on those appeals yet. But what happened meanwhile is that the German tax authorities issued the administrative principles in 2020 already, in which they state that such requests are in line with German cooperation obligations. So still, this should not mean that if you face such a request from a German tax authorities that you should give in because uh, the German administrative guidelines uh, 2020 are only binding to the German tax authorities, not 
to the German taxpayer. Um, so the second very important development in the tax audit is the uh, appropriate TP method. So in the very same Administrative Principles 2020, it is stated that German tax authorities can choose the most appropriate transfer pricing method and can make adjustments based on that method if the results of the chosen methods is more likely to be at arm's length. So meaning in the specific case, um, the German taxpayer applied a, a cost plus mechanism and the German tax authority was of the opinion that the profit split mechanism would be the more appropriate um, transfer pricing method. And so they asked to the taxpayer, the German taxpayer, to provide all documents necessary to assess the profits based on a profit split method. So they did not provide a whole lot of reasons why they believed that the, the profit split method would be the correct method. They just stated that they believe it's the more appropriate method and then they referred to the German administrative guidelines. Again, we believe that the approach of the German tax authorities here is currently takes is not covered by law and will not uh, be accepted uh, in front of a tax court but you will face it in many German tax audits. So I think, Oliver, if you want to add anything to those experience we have uh, in the German tax, uh, tax audits, uh, please feel free. Otherwise, uh, I, would, I would love to hear something about the public CBCR. Yeah, let, let us have a look on the introduction of public country-by-country -country reporting within the EU. Because there was a first proposal published by the EU Commission back in 2016. And since then, nothing happened so far due to the lack of political um, alignment and majority. But now this has completely changed. Mid of June, uh, the finance ministers of all EU countries have voted with an overwhelming uh, majority of 69 against three votes for the implementation of public country-by-country -country reporting within the EU. And, and this will be implemented very quickly. So the legislative process should be finalized in autumn already. And then the EU members will have 18 months to implement the directive into domestic law. And the first year for which taxpayers will have to prepare country-by-country -country reporting will be 2023 and this will have to be published on their websites by the end of calendar year 2024. So this is less than three years until this will become reality. And who will be required to publish um, certain uh, information um, that will be groups with a consolidated turnover above 750 million euros. So this is fully, fully aligned with the country-by-country country reporting we know as third pillar from uh, BEPS 13. And at the same time, what is uh, required to be published? So this is the classical CBCR information. So turnover, profit and loss, taxes paid, number of FTEs for each and every EU member state separately and 
in addition for each and every uh, country individually that is recorded on the black list and the gray list of the EU. And the rest of the world can then be aggregated in one row. And there's only a few exceptions in particular if there is a, a reason that you have to protect some business secrets uh, that you could delay the publication of your financial data by up to five years. So uh, what we strongly recommend is to perform a kind of country by country risk assessment in which you have a look um, what kind of information will within less than three years be published and then to analyze whether you are entitled for any delay in the publication date. So before we finish today, let me give you my final thoughts on what we discussed today. What we can definitely say is that tax audits uh, in Germany will become a fierce battlefield uh, in the future. They were uh, already very aggressive in the past, but based on the new administrative principles, transfer pricing, which bind all tax auditors, we can really say that tax audits will become even more aggressive. And we have seen that with the stories uh, Katie has mentioned uh, that tax authorities really ask for a lot of data and information and uh, even want to see uh, tons of emails in order to make up their arguments. So it becomes important to develop good negotiation skills, but it's much more important to never forget your outside options. So, and we bring more and more cases uh, to tax court and as we did also in the past to mutual agreement procedures and to arbitration convention. Yeah, absolutely, Oliver. I, I think for me, um, it's two main messages uh, I have. The first one is if you have IP related transactions, um, take care that you do not only do a pure benchmarking approach, but consider the hypothetical arm's length test, especially for planning purposes. Um, that's the first message. And the second one is if German tax authorities confront you with extensive cooperation obligations or with a change in transfer pricing methodology, don't give in easily. Uh, the German Administrative Guidelines uh, 2020 are only binding to the German tax authorities, not to the German taxpayer. Thanks a lot, and I hand over to Dana. All right. Thank you, Katie and Oliver, for joining me today and for sharing the latest developments with regard to German transfer pricing. I also want to thank our listeners. If you have any questions with regard to this podcast, you can contact the speakers their contact information is in the description of this episode on pwc.com forward slash tptalks. Thank you for listening and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details.
This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.